All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
it, it seems weird to, to me like that you've been burned by Michigan so many times and you're just like, hey, you know, let's just go with Ohio State. Like still, like even though you've been burned by Michigan, like you could have picked because... any other team in the country. And, I hate and them you picked so Ohio much. State. <laughs> I hate them so much that I'm hoping I can maybe like them a tiny, tiny bit. Well, and then he picked oh, yeah. Michigan to go to the national championship. So he's actually like dreamt up a scenario <laughs> in his head where it's going to be a Michigan-Ohio State national championship and he's going to cheer for Ohio State. <laughs> That's what it is. So that It's no a win-win what, situation. Win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. If, the, if they lose to Ohio State in the championship game, I mean, I'll, I'll cry. I won't even send you the money. I'll just be so sad. Right. <laughs> I'll be like, that, that was too dirty by you. I just, <laughs> I'm going to have to, uh, like, donate the money or something because it won't feel right. Yeah, exactly. You can't win on Ohio State's back as a Michigan fan. That's just not allowed. But uh, all right, enough about college basketball. This is a fantasy hockey podcast. So, yeah, Beats, it is. Uh, you took it upon yourself uh, to create a small Would You Rather segment, uh, something that we've done in the past, a number of players. Um their stat lines, but we have to blindly pick between the two stat lines as to which player we would rather have. Um, and then you reveal who the two players are. Uh, I'm actually extremely excited about this because normally I'm in your shoes and I never get to play these fun games. So I'm excited to actually be a part of it for the first time ever. So, uh, Biebs, you've got five would you rathers, two players each, comparing them blindly. So why don't you get us started with the first one? Yeah, I was just so inspired by Brock's game in our in our previous shows on other years that I wanted to just be the Steve Harvey of the operation. And uh, and and you guys won't see it because we edited it out, but I did make a mistake as we came in. So absolute Steve Harvey mode for me, um, for the Beebs Steve Harvey Bondy right now. But yeah, as mentioned, I'm going to drop two names, just two guys, and, um, and their ADPs, drop their stats, and then have you guys say which one you'd like more, and then I'll just kind of reveal... Who is who? This isn't so much a knock on either player or a pump up of either player, just kind of showing the value you could get at certain parts in the draft. Um, yeah, so we'll start off with number one. We got ourselves two forwards with player number one has 10 goals, 16 assists for 26 points in 27 games and is a plus six. In comparison, we have player number two who has nine goals, 17 assists in 30 games for a plus 11 uh, player one was drafted 167th ADP. Player two drafted 28.7 overall ADP. So again, player one, 10 goals, 16 assists in 27 games. Player two, nine goals, 17 assists in 30 games. Do you, you go ahead any, first? I'll have you guys try to guess who we're talking about. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, and then. I think I've got a pretty good idea who player B is. Okay, player A is going to be the big surpriser, but. I think I think player B is John Tavares. Yes, Brock has sniped player B. John Tavares, nine goals, 17 assists in 30 games and a plus 11. I have no idea who player A is, though. I couldn't even tell you. I was going to say I'd rather player B just blindly because I'm sure he has more potential the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. He was drafted that far ahead and they're similar. Um, friend of the show, Pavel Bushnevich, 10 goals, 16 oh, assists, 26 points in 27 games, plus six drafted 167. That is Pavel Bushnevich comparing to John Tavares. Just, uh, started us one off with, you know, a little friend of the show for us there. Um, second one, 
boys and uh i did send these too so if you guys want to um you guys do have them there to look at these yeah, stats if you want to see them yeah but we do just, have eight- just quickly beebs the one thing that's pretty crazy even still about pavel buchnevich with that stat line uh still only 45 percent owned on yahoo yeah. as well um i was actually look, looking through the waiver wire before we came live and i i saw that he was still kind of sitting there um and and if the other night's game is any indication you know maybe the real um you know, maybe the real Mika's advantage adds on his way back. He really tried to, you know, make up for his slow start all in one night. Uh, Buchnevich's numbers maybe a little bit inflated from that game. He had two goals, two assists in that uh, contest. But still, um, if that line is, you know, maybe going to start coming back to life here in the second half, Buchnevich just 45% owned. Yeah. Um, and another guy who, even when we were doing the waiver pickups, like you said, I was looking to almost mention him again, but if I hadn't mentioned him the last three weeks, people don't have, haven't gotten it yet. So, uh, so yeah, that's why the name wasn't brought up, but really good to see that from Boosh. Um, again, not so much a knock on John Tavares's year. He's having an okay year, um, but just showing how well Tavares or Boosh Nevich has really paid off through these drafts. Um, yeah. And okay. So for player, for players, number two, um, num, uh, player a was drafted 24.1 ADP. So four spots ahead of our boy, John Tavares, um, to help you guys with your guesses there. And he currently has 12 goals, 15 assists plus four with 82 shots in 30 games. And that's comparable to player B who was drafted 165 ADP, just two spots below Bushnevich. With 18 goals, nine assists, 94 shots, and a plus 12 in 29 games. I think I know who the player B is. Yep. The one with we... the gross disparity between goals and assists and shooting <laughs> every shift that he gets. And with the low it... ADP, is it Toffoli? It is Tyler Toffoli with the nice. B in the second. ADP 165. And Tyler Toffoli currently having a year that is comparable or better too. Can you guys guess who is 24.1 ADP? Um, that one doesn't jump out at me. I'm trying to think who was going around in there. Is it Pedersen? Did you do something cute? I don't think you scored that. Oh, much, right? I thought about thought about I thought about doing Pedersen in this, but it is not him. Um, it's a winger currently playing alongside. I don't know if he's playing alongside at the moment, but he plays alongside number eighty-seven, Sidney Crosby. Oh, Gensel! I was gonna Gensel. say Gensel. Gensel currently or started the year drafting twenty-four point one. So 124 spots back from him. Tyler Toffoli was drafted, and he currently has six more goals but six less assists. So right now you would almost rather own Tyler Toffoli. Just goes to show the value that Tyler Toffoli's really had this year. Um, we've talked about it before, but, you know, good to, Love Gensel, good to show Steady that. Eddie up there. Oh, absolutely steady. And, yeah, again, not to bash again. So 12 and 15 seasons, phenomenal. 12 goals is great. Um, yeah. So speaking of 12 goals, I'll go into our third, play, our third set of players here. And player A – currently with 12 goals, 12 assists in 27 games, plus four with 66 shots, drafted at an ADP of 155. And that is in comparison to somebody who went around 35.5 in drafts, we'll say 36, with eight goals, 18 assists for 26 points in 30 games, a minus 11 with 68 shots. This one is, uh, I think we all probably own rather own player A with his 12 goals and his 12 assists in 27 games um any guesses on these one boys um i just want to what we think i'll let do you think on this one for a second i just want to go back to jake gensel here for a minute down um he has the exact same shot volume as he had in 2019 when he scored 40 goals uh the shot uh the shooting percentage is down just a tad uh but he's been able to maintain still 14 and a half percent shooting percentage this year so if he um if he can bump that up even just a, a hair here in the second half, he'll be basically great on a 40-goal pace again. So 
Uh, he's been, you know, incredibly steady. Obviously, um, you know, the fact that Toffoli has been red hot, he, you know, he's, he's seemingly even cooled down a little bit here uh, as of late, but both uh, are in just terrific spots. I think to have, you know, to continue to have um, really, really good numbers here in the second half. Uh, and then like, obviously, you know, getting to Foley at 165 overall is, um, is a gem of, of a pickup. Uh, but I have a pretty good idea. I think of who player B is okay. um, just yeah. looking at, again, the disparity in the goals and assists and yeah. the, the relatively low shot volume and the ADP is, I think it's D's boy, Blake. Blake Wheeler. Nice snipe. Blake Wheeler is. How are you trying to say low, relatively low shot volume? Where's that coming? Where's that coming from? Because <laughs> Blake, Blake doesn't shoot like a whole ton. Like, he's not well, somebody he has, that's going to. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's, that's it's, what he needs it, to do. He it, shoots like 250 times a year. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's not like it's it's not like he's going to like score like. um like if you like most players who are averaging like three shots a game are going to have like, you know, these Jake Gensel numbers shooting uh, a crazy percentage where Blake is more like along the lines of, you know, if he's got, what is it? 68 shots. He's going to probably have, um, you know, eight goals shooting 9% or whatever that would be. But uh, I have no idea who player a is, but uh, yeah. Um, someone who, I it's so have... much easier to snipe the guys at the top because you can kind of remember who was drafted oh, yeah. where. I have no clue who was drafted 155th. Well, exactly. Well, that's, and you that's almost... super deep. I'm trying to think. That's basically undraftable. So I'm trying to think who, who is pushing uh, a game. Who, who was the hottest pickup in week one? That's your guess. Or well, Faraby uh... was the first one that popped Got in. Got it. Mind, but... Nailed it. Yeah. Nice. nice. Joel, Joel Faraby. I honestly thought he had more points than that, though. Yeah, out in Philly, I did as well. Um, I think he's kind of slowed down a little bit lately, but 12 goals, 12 assists in 27 games. Uh, same amount of shot production as Wheeler and plus 15 better than him. Drafted 122 spots after um, Blake Wheeler. So, again, just goes to show Joel's, Joel Farabee's value this year, um, what he's been doing for fantasy teams. The next one, I will say, I kind of threw a wrench at you guys. We have a defenseman going against a forward, but I think what? at this point you'd rather have the defenseman's numbers Player A, um, I'll let you guess which one is the defenseman too and which one's the forward here. So player A, five goals, 17 assists, 22 points in 26 games. That's good for a .85 um, point per game pace and drafted 169, 169th overall ADP. Very nice. Um, going against, drafted 15th. ADP or actually 14.5 if we want to get technical with it with eight goals 14 assists in 29 games good for a point every 0.76 games um guys who's the forward who's the d-man and who who the hell am I talking about here um I'm pretty confident I know who the d-man is I think the d-man's obviously the guy who's drafted 169th overall I would imagine yeah um yes. and i think because I, I looked at his numbers yesterday yep. and i believe it's your boy Nailed sammy it. g yep samuel gerard is currently um at five goals 17 assists for 22 points in 26 games right now drafted 14th overall though is that is that andre spechnikov that, wow no, that's probably is it Brock's on fire? Brock nailed it. Nice. Hit it. Andre Spechnikov, eight goals, 14 assists for 29 points. Um, so for those of you back, I thought home, that was when he's a bandage out after the six pointer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably that's, the same numbers. Really. That's, that's <laughs> why I had to throw it in because after the six pointer, <laughs> <laughs> casuals that had after the six points. Um, yeah, no, this one was just crazy. So it, it's wild just to see the production you could be getting from your back end um, for a guy that a lot of people didn't draft whatsoever. Um, to be comparable to a guy who was going in the second round in a lot of leagues. Um, I know that uh, we we shit on a lot of, of networks that had Svechnikov going very high, um, and this could be the reason why. I'm not sure. It might be the reason why I left him in here. I think it's probably the reason that he – I think it's probably because he's playing with Jordan Stahl all year um, instead of Sebastian <laughs> Ajo. Probably doesn't help. Um, I just wanted to just quickly add a couple notes here. Um, going back just a little bit to Blake Wheeler, uh, obviously he didn't have the greatest start to the season. Uh, but he's really picked things up 12 points in his last 13 yeah, games. And that, Since Dubois and that got st- there, and they've been playing together a lot too. Well, it's, no, it's the Stastny, Stastny, Shifley, Wheeler line there, that's, but that's been. Um, and Dubois, and Dubois has been playing with them a lot. Happened the other night, picked up three assists. But. And then you got Ehlers, Connor, and and, and Dubois um, on the second line. Like that, that top six has been um, incredible. And then just to talk about Gerard a little bit, obviously, um, you know, maybe a bit of a sell high opportunity here uh he's been outstanding for them this year he's been uh you know just from even just a real life standpoint just been terrific but uh it's going to be very difficult i think for him um to maintain any type of production you know even comparable to what he's had now uh with that blue line starting to get healthy again you know he's not going to get that run on the top power play unit uh with kale mccarr back uh devin tave still sees a lot of opportunities on the second power play unit uh you know bowen byram's back so you know, he had a, like just an absolutely sensational run there on the top power play unit while McCarr was out, but right now it might be a decent uh, sell-high opportunity here for, for Sam Gerrard. I don't know. Beebs, I know you watch him every single night. Would you still be holding on to him? Oh, absolutely. I think at this point, um, he, he, he might be one of the more underrated defensemen in the league, um, just because I think a lot of people are saying, you know, when once McCarr's back, um, like you said, you know, once the bodies are back, things are going to change. But realistically, this was happening um, before. Obviously, he wasn't leading the top power play and things are going to change in that regard. But at the same time, you wanted to own this guy when these players were there. Um, he's not a, uh, you know, 0.85 point per game guy um, once those healthy guys are there. But he is probably somewhere around the 0.6, which is still I want on my roster. And right now, I mean, Bowen Byram's get or not Bowen Byram, sorry, Cal McCarr's getting injured every other game. So uh, you kind of <laughs> you kind of just want Sam Gerrard there to fill in. Um, but it's a guy with it, with how strong this team is. Um, he will be touching the power play, even if it is the second unit. Um, and even in that, there is some value. So I, I just uh, I think you got to hang on to Sam Gerrard um, and uh, and and really enjoy the run. But if you can sell him high and sell him for a one AD right now, I'd definitely do that. Um, because to me, he's more, he's more, he's more a D two on your squad. But yeah, um, great season from Sammy G, and it might be a true breakout we're wa- we're witnessing right here. Hey, are you seeing? Um... Uh, yeah, I saw, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. Ohio uh, State down three and with 30 seconds left in overtime, <laughs> and they don't have the ball. They just missed a shot. Um, so excellent. I'm just trying to power through and talk about my boy Samuel Gerard, and <laughs> my heart's getting shattered in my face. I uh, I got you, Beebs. Um. We talked about it, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, um, just about how it's generally really difficult for a single NHL team to offer you two top-tier fantasy defensemen. And a lot of times we're talking in standard leagues, most teams don't have more than one that's worth owning. Uh, I do think Gerard's, you know, definitely the exception to the rule. Obviously, his upside looks a lot better when McCarr is out of the lineup. Um, but like you said, he's been doing it all year. His points production has been really consistent uh, throughout the entirety of the season. He's playing a ton. Um, especially when McCarr is out, but even so, he's still averaging 23 minutes on the season, 23 and a half minutes. So 
Um, yeah, I think there's obviously a lot to like here. He's a terrific puck moving defenseman. Um, seems to have an eye in the offensive zone as well. Can get a shot through. Um, and he's playing with, you know, one of the best forward uh, groups in, in the NHL. So, yeah, there's a whole lot to like. Um, certainly a guy I think that's that's still worth owning, even when McCart and the rest of the team are healthy. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely worth owning. I just think that it could be an opportunity to maybe oh sell high know, for sure. Yeah, sell high. Like, would you, okay? Um, here's a couple scenarios. Would you rather rest of season have him or Tory Crew? I'd probably have hit want to have him. Um, I'd have Crew. But your I'm original question, biased. Brock, was you asked Beebs if he'd hang on to him. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I meant like, would he sell high? Sorry, like I was saying, sell, he's a sell high candidate. Would you sell high on? Like, did you sell high on on him, or just hold on to him on your roster, not drop him? Um, okay, so Tory Krug for B or for D. Uh, what about um, him or Adam Fox mm. or Aaron that. Ekblad? Like those, Probably, you know what oh, I mean? Like I'd those are the guys. Those are all the guys that are on their team's top power play units that he's kind of right around right now, um, and you could potentially. You know, I think maybe I'd make rather, a deal. I'd rather have Adam. Ooh, no, no, I don't no, think no, you're no. getting Ekblad. I'd rather have now. Gerard. No, probably not. Definitely but I mean, have, yeah. Would but they're ranked right beside each other, and if people aren't paying attention, so you know he's ripped it up because of Kale McCarr being out. Yeah, then you but might I, be able I mean, to take advantage of that. Yeah, but the casual fan also isn't going to be able to overlook Ekblad's ten goals and no, no, games. no. no. Absolutely not. And I, you know, I wouldn't do it. Um, And then D- Biebs, we have one more here, right? We do. Uh, we got one more and then we got a final one, which is a super quick fun one that I already gave the answers to, but for the rest of the podcast, I will, uh, I, I will keep that there. Also Brock. Yes. My choice. Ohio state has just been knocked out of the March Madness tournament. So um, rest let's, in- let's just rip Woo! that bracket up, but yeah, <laughs> sucks Ohio state. Um, so that's a win for me. See, this is what's good. Now I'm happy because they lost. Big um, dub for Oral Roberts. Yeah, big dub for O Robs, but um, I, I don't know who their one kid is, but man, he was—I think he scored every bucket in their the whole, the whole game. Yeah, that's a, it's a classic Oral case. Of, that's his name. classic case of a fifteen. <laughs> Oral, first name Oral, last name Roberts. <laughs> you heard him? Whole school after him. <laughs> but um, our final final guest uh, guest players here, and these are both forwards, um, and this one is very dependent on uh, on points per game again. But I'll start with player number A, who's. ADP was they just was not an ADP for this dude. He was not drafted in any leagues, I don't believe. But five goals, 15 assists for 20 points in 17 games on 36 total shots. That's good for one or a point every 1.18 games. Absolutely unreal from a guy who wasn't drafted. Again, five goals, 15 assists for 20 points in 17 games. Comparable to nine goals, 18 assists for 28 points in 29 games on 69 shots, which is good for a point every 0.93 games. Um, and that was someone who was drafted 61st overall. Um, boys, can you guess who the undrafted over a point per game beast is? He has I, been dropped on the podcast before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's our uh, our boy that's we're just waiting to fall back and regress to the mean. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that based off the shots, it's, it's got to be Zuccarello, right? Yep, that's Zuccarello. So that okay. 1.18 points per game, first, that's Zuccarello. Then, yeah. And the other one, yeah, nine goals, 18 assists for 28 points in 29 games. And this is more uh, me dropping him here is more really a compliment to this player. Um, he's not really a point-per-game guy. He's around there, but he's never had a season at a point-per-game, I don't believe. Um, drafted 61st overall. 61st. 
Hmm. X Av. I'll give it to you in a second. X Av. Mm-hmm. X Buffalo Saber. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly is was drafted at 61st overall. Yeah. And so even still, O'Reilly having a, a pretty decent year. Yeah, having a point per game year. So just kind of wanted to point that out. But uh yeah. yeah and, that... and to be honest, um, you know, that is that is pretty impressive because that was a guy that we we're not a fan of all three of yep. us did not like his ADP coming into yeah, the not, year. I mean, still, uh, I mean, I still don't like the AT. Right. Yeah. I still don't <laughs> like the ADP, but I mean, at least he hasn't been a complete and utter bust. Um, no, and, we didn't think I so. Guess, it just doesn't score enough to justify going that high. 61st. Yeah. I guess the one thing that's very interesting um, about, about O'Reilly is it, it, it seemingly is just doing it incredibly quietly, right? Like basically going at a point per game pace here and you never hear about him um, having a big night. He just kind of, slowly plots along and picks up points every single night, I guess. Cause um, yeah, like I didn't, I had no idea, honestly, that he was even close to a point per game. So um, shows how much I'm paying attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, I feel like he's one of those guys. He just does, he does it every single year quietly under the radar. And, uh, and yeah, if you got him, I'd probably just hang tight with him for now. But um, I mentioned that I did have two guys that were for fun. And at the beginning of this year, Brock and I actually had a bet on air um it was it was kind of a fun bet so if you guys can remember who those were i will tell you after i drop these stats but um this is who we will be comparing with 10 goals 17 assists in 30 games i have player a who has drafted 69th adp very nice compared to player b who was 10 goals 16 assists in 31 games drafted at 169 adp um also very nice Brock, who were the two players that we 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 put out this little? little uh, I had Philip Forsberg drafted 60, 70th overall, uh, yep. and you had so all high. of your George Strand at one sixty nine overall. Uh, and to be honest with you, like I, I thought I was running away with this because uh, Forsberg, I did you too. know, Forsberg's had a really good year, uh, and basically kind of everything you'd kind of expect uh, out of him. Uh, you know, even though that team hasn't been very good, so More I, than I thought. I thought that, you know, I was probably running away with this, but Oliver Bjorkstrand, you know, he just goes through um, these little spurts. And yeah, uh, I was going to say you just, were running away with it and he picked up seven points in the last week. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, you know what that is though? Um, that's, you know, maybe them actually playing him in the top six uh, I mean, because they decided to just put him with, you know, fucking Boone Jenner and Riley Nash for like two weeks. And he picked up probably, you know, four assists in nine games. Now he's playing with Patrick Line, eh? and hey, look at that—he gets points. Who would have thought? John Tortorella is yeah. a real genius. Yeah, I know. Hey, eh? it's almost—he should start listening to the DFO podcast. I don't know. Just a suggestion, John. Just yeah, <laughs> just a suggestion, John. Um, yeah. So that was our final two to compare there. But yeah, so Brock, it looks like we still got a tight race going. Um, and uh, if we're going by trends, I don't know. I'd be sweating if I was you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not too, too nervous, but, uh, you know, definitely, I, I guess, though, the good news is that realistically, we were high on both of these guys, yeah, and, and they both had very well. nice seasons to date, um, and I think that realistically, both have pretty decent opportunity to uh, have good second halves, because I think the Predators got, you know, some potentially better days ahead of them here coming up, and then hopefully, if Bjorkstrand actually plays in the top six, he can continue his kind of hot run here, so uh, hopefully he, even better. Or could better get traded to a team that actually plays offense. Yeah. That could happen too, you know. That, that could be that could happen too. And then, like, I don't even know how trades work in the NHL anymore because sometimes you have to sit for like two weeks, and sometimes you have to like just play the next well, day. If they, if they cross a border, they have to sit. But yeah, but then like, there's if also they cross I, the border in the Canada. I don't think they care if you're going to Canada. No, yeah, 
I, I like the other day, like Jimmy Vc just like, I know it was the same country, obviously, but he just drove from Toronto to, and to Ottawa. And he's like, yeah, he's playing tonight. I'm like, like, what if he stopped for like a hamburger on the way to, well, to the ring? Tested, right. It's not, I don't think it's any different than the normal day-to-day stuff that they'd be putting themselves at risk for. Like the other guys, yeah. I'm sure still go get coffee and shit. Yeah. 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 For sure. It's just, you know it's I mean? just weird to me. Like how, like, obviously like it felt like I know he was changing countries and everything, but Dubois sat for like a month. Ever. Ever. Yeah. And I think we're going to play scared a lot of teams off right like i don't think we're gonna see a whole lot of action at the deadline um in terms of canadian teams going after uh players for american teams right now well yeah uh, even um like they were just talking about the other day uh the leafs were saying like basically dubas was saying like you know if we're gonna make moves i, I want to make them now so that yeah basically they're ready to play at the deadline type of thing um, and then even then you're not gonna want to pay full price for some of these guys especially if it's a rental when you're losing that extra two weeks at a minimum um and at and, the same like time that two weeks is... in no, yeah a team american team is in no position to give you a discount because of that right they got 20 other teams they can turn around and work the player for so it's a tough spot for the canadian teams for sure but i i think having a cupcake out of a, of a division kind of makes up for it so yeah exactly um but all right let's talk about some waiver wire additions here uh we've got a number of additions uh at different uh ownership points um and then we're going to wrap up the show by talking about uh the playoff schedule a little bit uh take a look from april 12th uh, to the final week of the nhl season uh who, who plays the most games who plays the least games um in teams that maybe you would like to target um you know certain pickups certain players i should say from these teams uh to kind of help boost your chances come playoff time with the additional game so uh let's start with the waiver wire and beebs we'll start with you because i know you've got a couple guys that are a little bit uh higher owned i'd say a little bit lower um but uh like higher than what i've got i should say yeah it depends uh how how you want to look at it um but uh i guess i'll go with the higher the two that i have here at 22 percent owned this guy comes with a massive asterisk it's chandler stevenson out in vegas um this is kind of more just riding the hot hand right now and the reason i say there's an asterisk is because chandler stevenson currently is hurt and um he's kind of just up in the air on whether he'll be, play- he'll be playing or not this weekend vegas uh this episode will probably not be out in time in vegas and la are the only two teams that play on friday and sunday so stevenson made a nice pickup today but if not um they have a big hefty four four game week next week um so he makes a great pickup for that because prior to his injury he had two goals seven assists in his last eight um games that's good for nine points in eight games triple position eligibility getting a ton of ice on a team that it seems there really shouldn't be much ice to give um played 18 and a half minutes in the second last game there um before the injury someone who brock mentioned at the beginning of the year just kind of seems to fit in that lineup anywhere um and it seems coaches love this guy even though he plays on a bajillion different teams Oh, it's been three, but um, still Chandler Stevenson, uh, seven goals, 18 assists on the year, plus 13. He's one of those guys too. If you plug him in, even if he doesn't get any points, um, he's not going to kill you in the plus minus department. One thing that you will hurt you and he doesn't shoot much, but at the same time, he's putting up the numbers. So while he's hot, if you need a couple apples, toss in one of the best stashes you can find on the waiver wire, Chandler Stevenson, 22% owned out in Vegas. The one thing that's interesting about him is that, like, last year, um, he seemed to kind of bounce all around that lineup. And then uh, I think they really liked what they saw with him playing with, you know, Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. And he seemingly played the entire season there this year. Um, you know, while he's out right now, Cody Glass has been up there. And, like, that's somebody who everybody thought was going to play in that spot. Yeah, and it just um, doesn't really fit, like, the way and it, it does he, with Stevenson. He, yeah. he just hasn't really uh, made the impact at the NHL level that, that people maybe – 
that we're expecting. Obviously, still uh, very young, a lot of room to grow, but uh, it, it just it basically just solidifies um, and cements Stevenson's status on that top line. And, and uh, as you know, I go through every single night Vegas plays, go through the numbers, and that's in a line that is, is still one of the better lines in the entire NHL at, at generating chances night in and night out. So. Um, they will uh, continue to do so. And again, um, I don't know if you mentioned it, uh, but he is a game time decision Friday. So not necessarily um, going to be out long-term could even play tonight. Um, and if not, then yeah, next week for sure. But uh, D who you got? Uh, yeah, I was a little bit late to the punch this morning. As you guys know, I slept in um, and <laughs> there was a, the first couple grabs I was looking for on the waiver wire. You guys had already claimed just fine. Uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Early bird gets the worm. I get it. Um, but I was really scraping the bottom of the barrel and I know we talked about him a few times already. Um, but you know, after I saw the names you guys were throwing out, I, I just felt this is the one that we were maybe, um, you know, maybe just deserving of a shout out as well. Uh, and that's Tim Stutzel. Um, obviously, like I said, we, we've talked about him a lot this year, um, for great reason. Uh, but to me, like, um, he, he's really kind of turned it on. Um, you know, he had that, that opening stretch where he was scoring a lot of goals, but we were really turned off because he wasn't shooting the puck a lot, wasn't playing a whole lot. Um, yeah, that was the first, uh, eight games. He had just 10 shots on goals. He was averaging less than 14 minutes a night. So we were quick to kind of, um, that was water on flames. That was the Stutzel hype, I, I guess at the start of the season. Right. But, um, since then he's kind of quietly, um, really earned the trust of the Ottawa coaching staff. I would say we've seen a really, uh, yep uptick in ice time and with that come uh, the uptick in shot volume um so after that first eight games the last 22 games he shot the puck 57 times um averaging 16 and a half minutes a night the few times he really has gotten a run on the top line too he's performed really well um he's played over 18 minutes just four times this season in those four games he picked up three assists uh and also picked up 13 shots on goal so when he gets the minutes he's going to be firing the puck on net um and yeah, obviously it's really easy to look at a guy that was drafted third overall in the summer and, and think there's uh, certainly a way for him to carve out uh, an even larger role as the season goes on. Um, so yeah, it's like I said, the underlying numbers have really picked up of late and the counting stats are starting to come around as well. Uh, he's got four points in his last six games. Again, just steadily shooting the puck two, two and a half times a game. Um, it's really great to see with his limited ice time. I think in deeper redraft leagues, absolutely worth a go. Um, maybe in your 12-team standard redrafts, more of just a, a streaming option or, or a game-to-game sort of guy. But uh, again, we talked about he's obviously going to be on a keeper leagues. Um, but certainly one in all leagues just to toss on the watch list and keep an eye on. Because if the ice time really does um, consistently start to creep up and he is getting those first nine minutes and he's pushing 18, 19 minutes a night, uh, I think he's going to be able to score a lot of goals this season. Yeah, the weird thing about them is like they keep, maybe giving him opportunities like and then they take it away from him like he'll play there for like a game or two and then yeah. like they just kind of always seem to like they, they go and then they lose which they're not going to win a lot of games but then they kind of just resort back to the lines that he's found some comfort in it's um and it's, it's unfortunate kind of player right because when you're trying to uh forecast what the coaching staff is going to do and you know that they're not necessarily just looking at it as a game by game this season thing right there's obviously a bigger plan a long-term picture with a guy like Stutzel yeah the one thing though you know he has been a fixture and a very important piece maybe the focal point even of that top power play mm-hmm. unit um so Him even if he's there. even if he's not getting all the run um on you know at even strength the power play usage has been incredible for almost a two-month stretch now so um again you know not maybe the best power play unit in the entire nhl but uh, still definitely somebody that's gonna continue to pick up uh, counting stats 
speaking of somebody who you know has seen some power play one time this year, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi still just 15% owned. You know, the numbers aren't outstanding overall. Eight goals, four assists, 12 points on the season. Uh, but overall, he has the sixth uh, lowest, I guess you could say, uh, goals below expected uh, at, at all strengths uh, in the entire NHL right now. So uh, a little bit snake bitten. Um, and then I guess just the one thing that's really obviously uh, great news for him and, and makes him a, an intriguing option here, at least in the short term again, um, is that they've broken up the Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl duo and kind of went back to their old lines, uh, which has Jesse Pugliarvi playing with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That line is producing some of the best numbers uh, in the NHL at 5v5. Uh, he does see some power play one usage. They basically leave that one unit out there the entire power play. Alex Chason goes to the front of the net for the first minute. Jesse Pugliarvi goes out there for the second minute. Um, so he does see some PP one time as well. Uh, but also, if you're not that interested in Jesse Pugliarvi, uh, the same ownership percentage. Dylan Strom, 15% owned, uh, returned from a lengthy uh, absence with a concussion last night, did score a goal. Um, he's, he started the game on the wing uh, on the third line. But towards the end of the game, he did see, you know, only a couple of minutes, but did see a couple minutes in between um, Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkat. So, you know, th- that has been a spot that they have been kind of rotating uh, throughout the season. Uh, Pius Suter's obviously been there uh, the majority of the season, but we've seen, uh, you know, Kurashev go up there. We see David Camp go up there. The one guy that they know for sure that can play up there is Dylan Strom. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if he's not that you know there even by next game, so I would jump. You know, even if he is still on the third line next game, I would jump on Dylan Strom now and just kind of hope that that is the case. Uh, we mentioned Kirby Doc a little bit last week as uh, somebody who could potentially fill that role when he returns here, but that is a little bit further down the line. Dylan Strom is back in the lineup now and, and sure looks like somebody um, that could play on that top line uh, and a top line that's been just kind of cooking all season long. So uh, I definitely like Dylan Strom as well at fifteen percent. Yeah, if we're going 15%, boys, I want to jump in on that one. Um, I got a 15%er, and this is Kevin LeBanc out in San Jose. Um, also someone who is playing top line and top power play. Three also goals, friend of the show. Also, also friend of the show. Exactly, yeah, D's boy. Um, three goals, two assists in his last four games. Uh, as mentioned, PP1, line one, currently playing alongside Evander Kane and Logan Couture. I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, pretty good players. But um, for somebody you could get in almost 85% of leagues, um, that's absolutely a, a steal at this point. LeBanc, someone who started off the year incredibly slow, um, really a lot, a lot just deserved to be dropped by almost all teams. Now, though, it seems like something may have clicked, something that we talked about almost, I think it was two and a half years ago that we wanted to happen. Um, and that was him play first line, first power play. So it's good to see him up there. Good to see him getting some success up there. And hopefully that will stay. Um, so I really do like Kevin LeBanc. If you're in basically any size league, he makes a great spot start, but he also makes someone you want on your team for the next couple of weeks, as long as he's up there in those, uh, in that top, that, that top line, as well as that top power play as mentioned. Um, so yeah, Kevin LeBanc completely should have a higher own percentage than 15% there. Yeah. I think he pissed a lot of people off last year. Um, you know, we were me, me, especially, I was definitely uh, expecting him to be a reliable fantasy asset last year. Um, two years ago at, you know, 24 years old, he was playing just 14 minutes a night and he picked up 56 points in 82 games. Um, so yeah, there was certainly a lot of potential there to, you know, the shot volume was okay. Um, pretty, I, I think it was solid for the minutes he was getting at the time. Um, so yeah, there was, it was easy to kind of project him into a bigger role with some of the changes they made in San Jose last year. Obviously that didn't happen. 
Uh, he had just 33 points in 70 games. Um, he, like the rest of the Sharks, struggled uh, across the board. But, uh, yeah, and like you said, again, Biebs, um LeBanc and the Sharks um, really off to that slow start again this season, which uh, could be attributed to the schedule as much as anything else. They didn't get to play Anaheim until about a month into the season. But um, the last 12 games, he's been awesome. Um, it's kind of flashback to, like you said, Biebs a couple of years ago. He's got 12 points in his last 12 games, 27 shots on goal in that span, playing about 17 minutes a night. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good things. Uh, you know, even like we say, you know, they're not the team that they were a few years ago. There's still obviously a lot of talent on that team, uh, and he's in the perfect spot to produce right now. Yeah, and that's all been a line that's been together for, um, you know, over a month. It's 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 a spot that he's obviously kind of cemented uh, a role that he's going to continue to play in. Uh, they seem very, you know, happy with him with Logan Couture and Evander Kane. And then that second line with, with Meyer and Hurdle and whoever else. So it's not like a, it's not like a, it's not like a player that they're going to, you know, you're going to pick up and then tomorrow he's going to be on the third line. Like he's really their only viable option um, to play on that line. And he'll, he'll continue to play in that role throughout uh, the course of the season. Uh, Speaking of first line roles, uh, just a quick shout out to Kiefer Bellows. Um, Only 9% on more, probably just a streaming target at this point. Uh, while he's on the top line, not a long-term pickup. But with Anders Lee out uh, for the season, you'd imagine that the Islanders, a team that does have championship aspirations, uh, will likely make a move here uh, closer to the deadline. But in the meantime, Kiefer Bellos is the guy that's been playing there uh, with Matt Barzell and Jordan Everly. He has three goals in 12 games this season, but he's been a guy, obviously, he was drafted uh, 19th overall. And he, he put up really, really good numbers in, in junior, um, pretty good numbers at the AHL level. Uh, and then when you take a little bit of a deeper look, his profile does kind of compare favorably uh, so far this season to Anders Lee. Uh, he's second only to Anders Lee in scoring chances for per 60, individual scoring chances for per 60. Um, and then right behind, uh, you know, Nelson and, and Lee in terms of high danger chances as well. So somebody that's not afraid to go to the front of the net. Um, and there was a, a graph that was shared, a chart that was shared on Twitter um, a couple days before Anders Lee got hurt. And then there was like, it was basically like who makes passes to generate high danger chances. And it was like all by himself, Matt Barzell. And then like who has, who's on the receiving end of those high danger chances and all by himself at the top was Anders Lee. It was just like, Matt Barzell's a wizard and just feeds Anders Lee right in front of the, right in the doorstep all night long. Um, so if Kiefer Bellows is kind of um, assuming that role, you'd, you'd like to think that he will see some chances. So again, not somebody that is really going to be somebody that you're going to add and most likely, you know, hold on to for the rest of the season uh, by any stretch, but definitely somebody who's worth a look here in the short term, if you need some help. Um, and then obviously I just wanted to quickly talk about um, some of the injuries uh, that we've seen here in the, you know, the last little bit um, Afghani Malkin is out week to week. Uh, so, you know, you're going to probably have to find uh, somebody to fill in for Evgeny Malkin. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to see Jack Eichel, obviously, uh, anytime soon uh, again. So somebody else that you're really going to need to, you know, fill a huge void uh, in your roster. And, uh, you know, while I'm talking about injuries, I think it's worth mentioning uh, Tyler Segan, just 53% owned, and Ben Bishop, uh, just 50% owned. Uh, both have uh, resumed skating, uh, according to... Daily Faceoff's own Frank Saravalli. Uh, it looks like they are roughly three weeks away at you know at minimum, uh, five weeks away at at most. So you know it's still going to be a little bit of a waiting game here. But if you do have uh, 
you know, IR spots open and you, you, they are available in your league. I think obviously uh, adding somebody, uh, you know, like Tyler Segan and Ben Bishop could definitely help you uh, during your playoff run. So uh, if they're available and you got some spots, um, obviously take a look at them. Yeah. Um, and in the same, same breath, cause I just looking at deeper guys and someone I, I've mentioned a few times, but I think we have to mention again, Brock, I just had Casperi Kapanen and currently 39% owned. Uh, what more can I say about this guy that I say every week, 11 points in his last 10 games. I'm pretty sure I said that last week as well. Um, so that just goes to show what this guy's been doing this year, um, all, playing alongside of Yenny Malkin. Yeah, that would be my um, only concern with Malkin out week to week. That second line could. That's what could hurt it. Exactly. Struggle. Yeah, so that's where you got to keep an eye on. That's where it might hurt his percentage. But at the same time, who knows? Maybe he can drive that line a little bit more. But I don't know if he's a line driver at the same time. So. Well, I mean, like yeah. it'll be, you know, he'll, he'll have Jared McCann with him. I mean, it's, basic, it's basically Evgeny Malkin. Pretty much just better than Malkin. Yeah. Actually, I'd rather have McCann than Malkin. Lock it in. <laughs> okay then um all right so i kind of just briefly uh mentioned the playoffs so let's take a quick look at the playoff schedule so obviously every single league is a little bit different um when the playoffs start it seems like most leagues their playoffs are starting around the week of april 12th maybe april 19th um so i'm just going to quickly kind of talk about the guys who play them or the teams that play the most games um in the uh in you know from april 12th to you know the last four weeks of the season i should say uh so team that stands alone at the top is the minnesota wild from april 12th to the end of the season the last four weeks they play four games every single week so obviously a really juicy schedule for the minnesota wild um and then there was a a bunch of teams that fall right behind them there at 15 games which would be uh four games in three of the weeks and three games in one of the weeks that is boston carolina Colorado, Dallas, the LA Kings, New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers, San Jose Sharks, and Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and then obviously just a handful of teams in the mid, uh, in the middle play 14 games, but the, I'm not going to go through all them. The teams that play the least amount of games, uh, standing alone, or I guess two of them alone at the bottom, the Edmonton Oilers and the Nashville Predators. Uh, so, for the Oilers, it's a little bit of an interesting case because they have one week uh, where they only play two games, one week where they play four. So obviously, like you're not going to panic about owning, um, you know, maybe a, a Connor McDavid early on dry side because of their two, like they can score more points in two games than anybody. And really, outside of the Oilers, you're not really not they're not very highly owned outside of the McDavid's, the Nugent Hopkins, the dry the Tyson Berries anyway. So uh, you don't really need to worry about them. But for the Predators. Um, they only play three games each week. So, you know, you're really losing the game pretty much on any other team in the league with the Nashville Predators. So, you know, maybe that is, this is an opportunity to move off of one of those players. Uh, you know, I would say for, Philip Forsberg, but uh, you kind of mentioned that he could potentially be traded. And then at that point, who knows, maybe he goes to Minnesota and then he <laughs> has the most games. Um, but like somebody like that, you know, maybe a Roman Yossi who's injured right now, but hasn't had the greatest season. You move him because he's a big name for, for a defenseman. Um, that's going to play a little bit more uh, looking at it quickly. I, maybe a Miro Heiskanen you'd want to move him for since all of a sudden he's a God since we chirped him on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but there are a handful of other teams uh, that are worth noting. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, who again, you're not going to probably own too many of them, but the Florida Panthers, the very last week of the season, they're one of two teams that plays only two games. Uh, so obviously if you're a team that's really riding on, on Alexander Barkov, uh, or Jonathan Huberto, that's going to be a bit of a concern. Um, 
just be ready to stream that last week, basically. You're going to need to find extra games. Exactly. But, you know, the one thing I did take away from this, and um, it, it is a lot different this year than it has been in years past. You know, normally we take a look at this, and, and it's a, a much larger disparity uh, yeah. between the top and the bottom. But with such a condensed schedule, almost every week there's teams playing at least three games. So you're not getting those weeks where um, – you know, you're, you're basically just getting hung out to dry, you know, because some, you know, in years past, depending on how your league's built, like you could only have a handful of games between all of your top guys where this year it's very condensed teams are playing basically every other night anyway. And then the other thing I took away from it is really the teams that play two or less games during the playoffs um, outside of Vegas and, and Florida, they're really not the best teams in the league anyway. So, um, you know, you got the Anaheim Ducks playing only one game one week, but like, who cares, right? Nobody owns yeah. the Anaheim Ducks anyway, yeah, unless so. you got Ricardo. If you Kelly, do you owe anyone, for another streamer. Yeah, if you yeah. do own anyone, you better make sure you don't own them. Jamie Drysdale, Jamie Drysdale, two points, one game. Stuck. There you totally, go. Totally sustainable. Um, it's it's pick up two points that week when they only play once. There you go. Yeah, two points per game player obviously needs to Jamie be added Drysdale. in dynasty leagues, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, probably... I would. I honestly, I would not love seeing this if I was a McDavid or Drysaddle owner, because obviously, if this you are, scary. you pick at the top end of the draft, or it's an option league, and you spent a, you know, half your budget on them. Um, so, you know, your team's probably very reliant on McDavid and Drysaddle. So that's something to definitely consider. Um, maybe have a peek. I'm sure Brock will tweet this out for the people. Um, this little image here, and just have a peek and see if there might be something worth doing, because that that second week or you know potentially first week of the playoffs is the one that's really going to be concerning when, when they're only playing twice. If you can get through those first two weeks, then you can survive the next two fine when they're playing four and three. Um, but yeah, teams built around McDavid and Drysdale are going to have a tough time the week of April 19th. Well, yeah. And the crazy thing is like the guys that would have went right behind them in the draft um, that same week, you've got, you know, David Pasternak's got four games. You've got Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner with four games. Yeah. Uh, some of the other, you know, Sidney Crosby, four games, uh, Steven Stamkos, like all these other big names have four games that week. So, you know, you, you, you could be in tough. Most likely you're going to be playing one of those guys and it's going to be McDavid head to head with them. And you can yeah. hope that and again, you don't want to, I'm not saying that's a reason to just trade McDavid or off. The no, no, no. You got you to, gotta, you got to plan for it in some degree, whether that's moving around other players or, you know, getting really ruthless with the guys you are dropping the, the week ahead to kind of prepare for your streams. Um, if there are weekly ac- acquisition limits, make sure you do your homework ahead of time and make some pickups on Saturday that are going to be playing on a lot of off days. Yep. And then that sends you the ads or saves you the ads the next week. Um, so yeah, things to look at and just be ready for it. Cause yeah, the last thing, I mean, it, I'm sure it's going to surprise some owners when they go to set their, their roster that week and they're, they're wondering where McDavid and dry settled games are. Oh, that's going to be a bad, bad realization. Yeah. The one thing I would say too, you know, just quickly looking at it, obviously uh, four games, all four weeks, Minnesota, maybe somebody worth taking a look at outside of um, Kap- Kirill Kaprizov. There's really not somebody that's like a, an absolute must own on that team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he's been so I hot. Think... It's going to be, it's going to be hard to trade for him anyway, but yeah, uh, you know, maybe a Kevin it's... Fiala at this point, you're still somebody who's maybe a little bit of a buy low candidate because he hasn't been quite living up to his billing. Uh, somebody like that. Or even just the fact that it's going to open up a lot of great streaming options on that team. One, most likely probably our boy Joel Erickson at great might actually yep. be worth owning. Depends, obviously, how the lineup shakes out. Um, he's not getting as many minutes or not on the first line right now at this point. But he would be the one uh, that would really pop off. Maybe Parise as well, someone that shoots a lot. Um, 
Yeah, you, yeah. So I, the Wilds are going to be a good source of streaming targets for sure throughout the playoffs. But yeah, um, I will definitely tweet this out from the DFO podcast account. Uh, unless you guys have any further words, um, that's pretty much going to do it for today's uh, DFO podcast. Um, new, new Blue Stones track dropped today. Um, so that's exciting. It's been a little while. I think it's been since pre-COVID since we've got one of those. So that's a... Wow. Yeah. So make sure you check out the Blue Stones on Spotify or wherever you get your, your music. That's where yeah. they are, right? Spotify? Yeah. Spotify, wherever you get your tunes Apple from. Music. YouTube. Uh, all those places. We always YouTube. Think another one. Yeah. yeah. But uh, all right. Amazon that is... Music. That is going to do it for today's DFO podcast uh, presented to you by our friends at Oddshark and Jock Market. Good luck to everybody over this weekend. Uh, you know, we would have liked to go a little bit deeper into the streaming targets, but chances are you weren't going to hear this till Saturday anyway, and it was already going to be too late. So, uh, you know, going forward, we are still going to try to do um, episodes on Thursday to try to get them out to you in time to do that. But uh, I'm Brock and We got Dylan D. Berthew below, Michael Beavis Bondi to the left, and uh, we'll see you guys back here next week. Time to go a lot of people about how I did on my bracket. Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.